In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. One of the very important questions that all of us usually ask is, are we going to go to heaven or not? And many times when we are asked this question, maybe we respond, we don't know, or I am not sure if I'm going to go to heaven or not. Or some of us, they have uh, this perception that going to heaven is very, very difficult for them. But the Gospel of today tells us, do not fear little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. And maybe our reaction is an extreme response to the Protestant teaching. Because the Protestant teach that once saved, always saved. And they teach that the believer will never perish. So the Protestant teach about the assurance of salvation. Although there is a promise of salvation from God, but also it depends whether we accept this promise or not. That's why the Orthodox Church, to respond to the teaching of the Protestant, start actually to explain that the salvation is not sure 100%. This doctrine of once saved, always saved, is not a biblical doc uh, doctrine. But I think what happened, because the emphasis that this doctrine is wrong, produced actually a wrong effect in, in the people. Meaning that many people now, they doubt their own salvation. They doubt their own salvation. And this doubting of salvation can be the reason behind lack of motivation. Because if I'm not sure whether I'm going to be saved or not, then why I be motivated? If a student actually uh, not sure that he will pass the exam, this actually can make him not motivated uh, to study. So I want to explain today that although we disagree with the Protestant teaching, once saved, always saved, but also we need to have confidence in our salvation. The way I explain it, as if you are taking your car and driving, for example, to California. So you will have one of the three attitudes. One attitude that I will arrive California no matter what. Once I am in the car, 
I will reach my destination. No matter what. Nothing will stop me from going there. That's actually the Protestant teaching about going to heaven. Once saved, always saved. A second attitude, the person is saying, yes, I know that the car is safe. I know I have enough gas. I checked the tires. So I'm driving and I'm confident in God that I will reach my destination safely. Otherwise, why I put myself in the car if I will not actually arrive my destination? So I have great confidence that I will arrive safely. But is this 100% confidence? No. And God forbid, maybe an accident will happen. Something will happen to prevent me. But there is enough confidence to motivate me to drive my car and reach my destination. This is actually the biblical and uh, the orthodox teaching about the surety of salvation. Yes, we are confident, not in ourselves, but in him who gave us salvation as free gift. Do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you, not for you to earn, to give you the kingdom of heaven. It's a gift given from, from us. But is it once saved, always saved? Actually, St. Paul replied to this in Hebrew chapter 4. And he says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, yes, there is a promise made to all of us that we will enter his rest, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So there is a promise. But St. Paul continues and says, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So yes, there is a promise to us. But St. Paul is giving us a warning. Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. And actually, uh, he gave us example from the Old Testament. There is a promise. God promised the Israelites when they left the land of Egypt to give them the promised land as a gift, as a free gift. And they left Egypt with believing this promise. But what happened? God did not change his promise. But the people rebelled against God. That's why St. Paul continues and says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. So the gospel, the promise of salvation, the promise that we will enter the promised land to enter the kingdom of heaven, this gospel, this good news was preached to us. Do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give the kingdom as it was preached to the Israelites when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush and he told him that I will bring up my people to a land flowing uh, uh, with milk and honey. 
Then St. Paul continues and says, But the word which they heard did not profit them. What they heard did not profit them because they rebelled against God, not being mixed with faith in those who heard. So in the same way, if, if we rebel against God, if we rebel against the commandments of God, although there is a promise, St. Paul is warning us, let us be afraid, lest we fall short of this promise. That's why in verse 11 he said, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent to enter this rest. Be diligent to accept this promise of salvation, lest anyone fall according to the same example of this disobedience. So the Israelites disobeyed God. That's why they fall short. Although there was a promise, but they did not enter the promised land. All of them died in the wilderness. Only two from those who left Egypt entered the promised land. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Yafan. That's why he said, St. Paul, let us, be, let us be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. So, again, go back to the example. If I'm driving my car, and there are traffic signs, stop here in this stop sign, slow here, yield here, but I did not follow, I did not obey, I will not reach my destination. But the third attitude, which unfortunately, it is the attitude of many of us, that we have no confidence in our salvation at all. But this is not the teaching of the scripture. This is not the teaching of the uh, Orthodox Church to have no confidence. If I ask people, are you confident of your salvation? They may answer something like, no, I don't think that I will go to heaven. No, I, I am sinner enough not to go to heaven. So this is not the Orthodox teaching. Uh, but the Orthodox teaching, yes, we are confident in God, but we know that we need to be diligent, lest any one of us fall short of this uh, promise. Uh, that's why in Hebrew, chapter 10, St. Paul says, uh, Verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So we have confidence that we will enter into the kingdom of heaven through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ by a new and living way. This way is a living way because Jesus is the way. I am the way, the truth, and life. If abide in him, and obeyed him and cling, cling to him, then I will end in heaven with him by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. That's his flesh, 
God became man. He took flesh and dwelled among us. Why? In order for us to cling to him, to be united with him, to be one in him, and in him we will go to heaven. So, are we confident that we are going to heaven? Yes. But this confidence is through, uh, through uh, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we need to be diligent. But do we believe that once is saved, always saved? Of course not. That's why St. Paul also, from in, in Hebrew chapter 3 and verse 16, he said, For who having heard rebelled, so these people heard the promise. As today we hear the promise. Do not fear little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Each one of us heard the promise today. But those, the Israelites, when they heard the promise, they rebelled against God. So indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? So he is saying, these people heard the promise, but they rebelled against God. Now with whom was he angry 40 years? With whom God was angry? Because Angry why? Not because they disobeyed him, but he was angry because they are losing their salvation. They will not enter the promised land because of their rebellion. And God wanted them to change, to repent, to return to him. Like, for example, a father, his son, needs to take the medication. So the son refused to take the medication. The father is angry. Not angry because the son did not obey him. No, he's angry because if his son did not take the medication, he will not be healed. So God is angry because he cares for our salvation. God is angry because if we rebel against him and against the commandment, this actually will put our salvation in risk. That's why, with whom was he angry 40 years? Was, was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? They died in the wilderness. They couldn't enter the promised land, although there was a promise for them. St. Paul continued, And to whom did he swear that he would not enter his rest? but to those who did not obey. Because of the disobedience, they couldn't enter the promised land. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. St. Paul here is explaining to us, it's important to uh, believe and to be obedient in order to be saved. That's why uh, in the reading today, the Lord starts by saying, do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. Then, since my kingdom and my destination is in heaven, what should I do? For example, if you are in a trip and you're going to stay in this country or in... in the job, your job sent you in this country for one year uh, training or work, and then you will return back to your home. Where are you going to invest your money? 
in this country in which you will stay just one year or you will invest your money where you will live the rest of your life. Of course, the logic says, I will invest my money where I will live the rest of my life. It is not wise at all to invest my money in a country in which I will live one year and then I will return back. That's why the Lord told us after he gave us this promise, do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He said, sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in heaven that does not fail where no thief approaches nor must destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the Lord is telling us, now you have a promise. I promised you to give you the kingdom of heaven as gift. Where are you going to invest your money, your time, your effort, your energy? Are you going to invest it in where the thief approaches? Here on earth where must corrupt or you're going to invest in eternal life in heaven where no, your treasure will never grow old and your treasure will not fail. And when you invest there, your heart will be there because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where are we investing our time, our effort, our energy? Our time, for example, are we transferring earthly time to heavenly time? How can I transfer time from here to heaven? How can I do this? Like you are in a country working for one year, so how you transfer your money from the bank there to the bank in your home country? How I can transfer? Every time I pray, Every time, actually, I read the Bible. Every time I attend the liturgy. Every time I'm doing spiritual activity. Actually, in reality, I am transferring this time of my life from the earthly time to heavenly time. That's why the Bible teaches us to pray without ceasing in order to transfer our time here to be heavenly time. Energy, your energy. Every effort you do it for the sake of the kingdom of God. When you ask about somebody who is sick, when you visit a prisoner, when you help uh, somebody who is in need of help, when you comfort somebody with a word, when you give a smile to a broken heart uh, person, when you do these things, actually you are transferring these activities from earthly activities to heavenly activities. In the same way, money, when actually you help the poor, when you uh, have compassion on the hungry and the needy, and you help them and support them, you are making for yourself a treasure in heaven. That's why the Lord said, sell what you have and give alms. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Then he gave us a promise. And he told, us, he told us after the promise, that's your home. Where are you going to invest 
here on earth or in your home in heaven. Number two, he told us, you need to be diligent. You need to be watchful. You need to be watchful. You are in a journey. Like if I'm sleeping while driving, most probably I'll be in accident. I need to be watchful. And I need to be alert. And I need to watch the traffic signs. In the same way the Lord told us, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Be watchful. You do not know when the master of the house will come. You yourself be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. They are ready. They are watchful. They are waiting for the coming of the Lord. We don't know when he is coming. Some people leave the world in very young age. Some people leave the world while they are youth and adolescent. Some people in adulthood. Some people, they leave the world in, in, in later days. We don't know when the Lord actually knocks on my heart and tell me, give an account of your stewardship. That's why we need to be watchful. We need to be ready. Then when he knocks on my heart, I will open immediately. And I tell him, Lord, I am ready for you. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, while will find them watching. And then the Lord said something very, very amazing. We should actually, we are the servant of the Lord. We should serve him. But those who are watching for the coming of the Lord, you know what he will do for us? He said, assuredly I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. There are some verses in the scripture when I read it, actually it's above and beyond my comprehension and my understanding. How the Lord will serve us because we are watchful, because just we are faithful, because we accepted the free gift of the kingdom of heaven. But that's what the Lord said, assuredly I say to you, assuredly I say to you. So God in his humbleness, in his love, when we arrive to the kingdom of heaven, he will actually seat us on his thrones and he will come and serve us. He said to the disciples, you who labored with me, you will sit on 12 thrones and you will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. So even he, he make us judges with him. St. Paul was uh, surprised in his letter to Corinth, First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, and he said, don't you know that we will judge the world? Don't you know that we will judge angels, the fallen angels? It's amazing, the love of God. It's amazing his humbleness. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat. Uh, and the Lord, the last point, when Peter told him, did you say this parable to us or to everybody? He told him, who then is that faithful and wise steward? So he is asking us to be faithful and wise. Uh, 
And usually I liken this, like if you have a business and you want to appoint a manager to run your business. What are the two important qualities that you are looking for? A wise manager in order to make a profit and a faithful manager in order not to steal and, and, and rob you, not to steal your money. That's exactly why the Lord, he said, wise and faithful steward. He wants us to be faithful to him and also to be wise, to make profit with our talents that he gave us, to make profit for the kingdom of heaven, faithful and wise steward. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all what he has. And again, to make him ruler over all what he has, another impressive promise, promise that I cannot understand. It is reflect the generosity of God, but this generosity is above and beyond our comprehension. What did he mean by he will make him ruler over all what he has? All what he has. But this is our God, loving, generous, compassionate, forgiving, merciful God. So in the gospel of today, he started first by giving us the promise. Do not fear, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And after he gave us the promise, he told us, now you know your home is in heaven. So where your treasure will be? Where are you going to invest? On earth or on heaven? For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And then he told us, you need to be watchful. You need to be diligent, waiting for the coming of the Lord. You don't know when the Lord is coming. Be diligent and be watchful. And the last point he told us, be faithful and wise. Then he gave us more promises, not only to give us the kingdom, but to seat us and he will come and serve us. And he will appoint us ruler over all what he has. We praise God and we glorify him for all the beautiful promises that we heard this morning. And now it is our turn to accept the promises and to live up to these promises. Let us not follow the example of the rebellious Israelites who left the land of Egypt, but because of their disobedience and lack of faith, they fell short of the promise. And most of them, except two, uh, did not enter the promised land. Let's glorify God who came to our land and dwelt among us in order to give us these promises to enter the kingdom of heaven. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.